White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. That is Lawrence, spelled backwards. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. Go there and subscribe. Maybe you can win a prize pack that we get out to every hundredth uh, subscriber we get at YouTube. We choose a person at random, totally at random. 312-566-8727, or locked on socks at gmail.com. Tonight is a great night. Thank you for the twins being the twins. Chris, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing just fine. Yes, the Twins are. Weird-ass Minnesota Twins. And wait a second. I've got to ask my friend Bill Walden how he's doing. (laughs) The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. It has been a while, Bill. And we are brought to you today by our friends at Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Big win for the Sox. Pitching and defense, my friends. Pitching and defense. The White Sox are winners 4-1 to one over the Twins, the weird-ass Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. We've got a lot to cover here, but we'll start with some news. Uh, Yasmani Grandal is going to be on the shelf for four to six weeks. After we saw the injury yesterday, it turns out it was a torn tendon in his left knee. And uh, I believe both you and I are... Assuming that four to six weeks is being very, very, very mm-hmm. uh, wishful, I guess you could say, in terms of that injury, especially, especially when you're talking about a catcher. Um, but we'll worry about that in four to six weeks because uh, they, they, you've got a division to win here. But, uh, you know, I don't know what you do here if you're Rick Hahn. All of a sudden you need uh, another uh, need here. You have another need in, in the, the, the trade market. And I don't know what his plan is or what it's going to be. If put, put on your uh, Teflon suit right now, real quick, Herb. I'll give you a second. I'll turn away uh, if you need time to change into it here. Um, but don't be shy with me. If uh, you have your Teflon suit on that Rick Hahn tends to wear, what are you doing? Uh, are you looking to fill that need on the trade market? Are you just going to say, you know what, let's ride with Zach Collins and Sebi Zavala the rest of the way? What are you going to do if you're Rick Hahn in this spot? Because this has been one of your most productive offensive players, one of your best players all season, picking up the slack. Uh, amidst all these injuries, and now you're going to be without him for at least a month. What do you do? I'm looking at the trade market. I have to look at the trade market. Sebi Zavala can't hit his weight. That's fine. Defensive catcher, all all of that, but I need a guy that's going to step in and give us representative performance and replacement-level performance. Sebi Zavala will give you a a well-caught game. But will he contribute with the bat? No, you don't need all these automatic outs in the lineup, especially now with all the injuries the White Sox have. I would be looking at the trade market for a catcher that is a starter level but doesn't 
have starter level stats, if you know what I mean. Like he's good enough to start for a also ran team, but when it comes to the White Sox, and if Yasmani Grandal does come back after six weeks, this guy can just easily be the backup. And yeah, Zach Collins is fine. Not great. He's fine. But the last thing I want to do is have six weeks of Zach Collins and Sevi Zavala at my catching position, which already at a disadvantage as far as a defensive run saved. And now with the bat, it's going to be really tough, even though Zach got two of the three hits tonight. So, yeah, I got to get in trade market and see exactly what's out there. And if there's a deal to be made, I got to pull the trigger. Yeah, I just don't know if that deal is going to ever present itself. Rickon may have to get creative here. This tweet came uh, from Peter Gammons earlier today, the Hall of Famer. He says this, If I'm thinking about how far the White Sox pitching can take them and after thinking about the Grandal injury, they should do whatever they can do to get Jacob Stallings from the Pirates. The first job of the catcher is the pitchers, and Stallings is a master of creative conviction. Um, I never heard Jacob Stallings to be a master uh, of anything, but that's high praise from the Hall of Famer. Uh, Jacob Stallings, by the way, if you're wondering, he is under team control until 2025, and he's a a 1.3 war player this year with a 311 on base percentage. So a pretty so a pretty solid player for the Pirates this year. And I just you know that that it was an odd name to, to be thrown out there by Peter Gammons. I don't know why look, we are just poaching the Pirates at this point. You know what I mean? Like we're just loading it up. Adam Frazier, you know, Rodriguez, like, you know, bring them all out. Jacob Stallings, let's just go let's just go pillage the Pirates. Let's go, you know, pirate the Pirates, mm-hmm. as you, you could say. But go, that, ho, 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 ho. Pirates ain't for me. Yeah. Um so I don't I don't know what what the the nature of, of that tweet was. I don't know if there's like whispers like, hey man. Hey Peter, you got to get me out of here, man. <laughs> you got to do me a solid here and get me on the radar. God, I'm dying here because he is not a young guy, Jacob Stallings, and he's been around for a minute. He's uh, 31 years old. Uh, he'll be 31 throughout the uh, the entirety of this season here. But that's an interesting move. But you know, it's hard to find catching talent in general, and good luck finding one at the trade deadline. Because if you look at the catchers, just you know, for example, guys that are on expiring deals this year. You've got Buster Posey at the top of the list. He's not going anywhere. Um, Yadi Molina, likely not going anywhere because of the whole Cardinals thing. You know, you do have the Larusa connection, so maybe he would reevaluate that. But with the Cardinals, you know, with the things being so tight and that NL Central, although the the Brewers are starting to run away with it a bit here, at least uh, they're creating some distance, distance between them and the Cubs. I don't see Yadi uh, making the move there, but that's one you could put in pencil. Maybe that's something you could pursue. But uh, he has not been great. Uh, other guys, maybe that could be on the move on teams that are not going anywhere. I think you look at Jan Gomes. I know he's had some injury issues of late, but on the Nationals currently. They're going to go as Kyle Schwarber goes, and right now Kyle Schwarber's hurt, so I think that probably changes Mike Rizzo's risk calculus here at the trade deadline. He's got to really take a hard look at his ball club and say, okay, what are are we doing here? We're not going to have Kyle Schwarber here, and so we need to make a move one way or another. Uh, An interesting guy that we talked about before, Herb, Tucker Barnhart. We still have his bobbleheads from our trip a few years ago. At least I know I do. Uh, It's uh, probably melting away in my attic upstairs. But the Reds are not really going anywhere. They're right behind the Brewers. 
in the NL Central, at least in the closest competition there. So I don't think he's going anywhere. And, you know, there's just a bunch of meh after that. You know, I heard the name Robinson Chirinos floated out. He just uh, signed with the Cubs, but, you know, maybe they would grant him a release since they are going nowhere. So this is a tough spot here, man. I would say because unless Rickon, you know, this is why he gets paid the big bucks, unless he can figure out a way to, to do, do something creative where you get a, a, you know, a real – bona fide veteran player in here that that can handle a pitching staff and that's what you got to worry about too I feel like with this like you got to have somebody who's capable of handling a pitching staff in the midst of a pennant race this is not a year to mess around and just throw two unproven guys like Sebi Zavala and Zach Collins back there Zach Collins has a little bit more leeway and he's proven me wrong after at least with the bat. You know, he had a really good night, which we'll get into in a second. But I, I really worry about these two kids handling this pitching staff for the next month, month and a half. And that's if Grandal comes back, man. So I tend to agree with you. I think Rickon's got to make a move. Uh, I just don't know what move uh, is going to be made because we, we know the options are thin, especially at catcher. But it'll be interesting to see what transpires there. All right. To the game. They did play a game last night, and I don't know why it even started. I was We were talking, Herb and I, before we left the score, and I said, I hope they just bang this one. We'll take the night off. We'll, we'll take the hit. We'll figure out a way to make up the show later. We'll do a mailbag or just you know double up later in the week. But we're looking at that forecast up in Minneapolis, and it did not look favorable, and you saw why at the end of that ball game. When, you're, when you have a team like the White Sox where you're getting injuries every single night practically – non-contact injuries and then you're talking about a questionable playing surface you get really really nervous but there were a couple of moments in this game where I think man I'm glad they played this game tonight because you don't have the the Hamilton catch at the end and you don't get to see Carlos Rodon have one of his better outings of the year and when I, the only thing I have on my notes for Carlos Rodon really uh, all conversational road, roads will will veer off from here but I wrote the word stopper that's what he was tonight. He was a stopper. Sox not playing good baseball, but Carlos Rodon comes in there and gets the job done. His final line, six innings, scattering seven hits, gives up just the one run. It was earned. No walks, eight strikeouts. What did you think of Carlos Rodon's effort last night, Herbie? Amazing. Just awesome. He, and I think it was the second inning, yes. got into a jam, and he got himself out of that jam because he has filthy stuff. And we saw what he did when his team let him down. It's an easy pop fly, I think, by Nelson Cruz. And the sky might have caused this. The raindrops are in the air, and the ball is lost by both Brian Goodwin and Adam Eaton. And Larry Garcia at second base is like, it's right there. And the ball lands into the Bermuda Triangle and gets the the Pirates, the Pirates, the uh, Twins, the chance to hey, get a couple guys on there. They're not far off from that. So we're going to talk about some of these Twins tendencies out there to give you a ball game. But, yeah, you're not far off. <laughs> and, and so that is what scores eventually the only run, the only blemish of the night for Carlos Rodon. Then he comes back and aces motherfuckers he kills them sorry techno but that man is the shit like he was like no i don't care max kepler enjoy a hundred each time i'm rank i'm ramping it up to a hundred good luck with this pitch you're out now what jeffers struck out swinging and then kepler swung out swinging that man in the bottom of the six knew he had no more pitches to throw after that inning so he emptied out the barrel and he killed the Twins after they scored that one run. That's my man. That's the ace of the White Sox. And Lance Lynn's right there, too. But if I'm pitching 
if we're going to decide the playoff starter, he's my number one starter right there at the start of the game. Absolutely. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly right there. He's got the best stuff on the staff right now. He's he's commanding this rotation like he's the ace. You know, as Giolito goes through his struggles, he was the ace coming in, and Lance Lynn is just a, a higher gun at this point. He's a mercenary, but he has that presence whenever he's out there. But Rodon is taking charge here, and I love that sixth inning, man. You mentioned it already, but, you know, that's what the great ones do. Um, you know, this is not the Bronx tale where you where you do the, the door test and you, and you find out who the great ones really are. In terms of pitchers, that's what the great ones do. They, they save their best stuff for when they need it most late in the ball game and, and getting Jeffers and Kepler back-to-back strikeouts to end the sixth. He's all pumped up leaving the field. Like, that's that's the stuff right there. That That's big-time, big-boy baseball right there. So that was just an amazing outing by Carlos Rodon, and uh, he's going to end his – uh, I think that yeah, that'll be his last start, right? Of of the first half. Uh, I know you're I gonna. So yeah, they're an off day on Thursday. Yeah, so, so it would I, be Sunday if they had a games throughout. And thank you for not debating me about the whole first half thing. I'm not gonna engage you with Eventually that. I will. <laughs> exactly. So, but that's that's a, a way to end this portion of the season for Rodon, and hopefully he can uh, go to to Denver for the All Star game and tip his cap, and that's all we see of Carlos Rodon. Um. But yeah, man, just a, an amazing night for the uh, for the pitching staff. Kopech comes in to relieve Rodon in the seventh inning. Uh, he, he comes on and uh, he gets the job done. Uh, one inning gives up just the one hit, and uh, he, he does a real nice job there, getting the hold his third hold of the year. And then Liam Hendricks with the two inning save. Now, Loved it. Okay, all right. But here's I love the thought process. Obviously, if if this were any other night, I did have some concerns with that weather being what it was um and i worried about having hendrix go out there for the eighth and then getting shut down again because of rain you know i know tony can't control the weather but that was a ballsy move i'll say that because you could have easily have seen that game stop unless they were told hey we're not stopping this thing uh no matter what and it clearly looked like that was the mandate because it was pouring <laughs> and pouring uh, it was pouring in minneapolis uh so that was a ballsy move by tony and a pretty uh, un- uncharacteristic move why do you love that move so much Herb? it's just like okay we need to win this game let's put our best reliever out there this is why you sign this guy specifically this year because he is a more than three out guy give him a clean inning and he can go six we saw it in the playoffs this is why we got hyped in january when they signed him they're like Okay, remember the start versus or the uh, relief appearance versus the Houston Astros where he comes in the seventh and then goes all the way and he murders those people. I mean, it it ultimately turned into a losing effort for the whole series. But that is why you got Liam Hendricks, because he can do that and he wants to do that for those extra innings. Who are you going to go to in that regard? Michael Kopech just came out of a great inning and that's good enough for me. Maybe you... Try to stretch Michael Kopech into an extra uh, outing because he really didn't have any hard contact hit against him. All of his uh, hits were just soft pretty much. So that would be my answer. But other than that, who else would you be comfortable going to uh, to get you from the eighth to the ninth inning? I think that at that time it was still like a two-to-one game. So you need 
somebody to shut it down. Oh no, it was they had four to one at that time. So, but you need somebody to shut it down at that time, and that was fine with Liam Hendricks coming in at that time. Yeah, and uh, the, the seventh inning. Let's go backtrack a little bit. I talked about the stupid, stupid play by the Minnesota Twins, the uh, weird ass uh, Minnesota Twins, weird ass Minnesota Twins. So they lead off the seventh inning. Miguel Sano does with it with a sharp single, um, and he's on first. They're able to to get him over to, to second with, with one away and then just a, a horrendous base running play by Sano there to get to get tagged out by Moncada and it was uh, I, I didn't love that rundown. I think there was been a lot more efficient ways to, to pull that off. It was like which team is dumber at this point? Um, but ultimately it ended up being the twins. I did not love the the execution of that rundown, but they were able to get him out regardless there. But that you know boneheaded baseball and, and keep in mind that game at that point, was still um, that that was a two to one ball game at that point, so that you can't have that, and that's why the Twins are where they are at this point. You know, just forcing things late in a ball game, and on the flip side of that, you know, um, bef- you know, before we get to uh, the offense real quick, there is a flip side of what uh, the Sano thing. Uh, th- this catch by Hamilton in the ninth inning, folks. One zero into center field, Hamilton. Oh Whoa! wow! <laughs> a make your own slip and slide for Billy Hamilton. Come on. Like it's his backyard. That is unreal. Even an old curmudgeon like myself who was not happy they were out there playing in those conditions, you don't have that moment. And when you have that moment like that and Billy Hamilton's smiling and you can hear the people on the south side that are in Billy Hamilton's section there with me when you would normally be out there, you can hear him chanting Billy uh, and you can just imagine what that reception would have been like at home. But that was just that was a really cool moment and a hell of a catch above all. Like, yeah, we'll remember it because the uniform got dirty, but that was a, a hell of a play no matter what the conditions were. And you don't have that moment if it weren't for those conditions out there so that's it makes it a memorable night that's for sure indeed and uh you can say that billy hamilton didn't miss his shot friends yeah i could say that i'm not going to though um Uh, that was so great i mean (laughs) i was uh doing things you know setting up this uh situation here to podcast and then i saw that in the corner of my eye and of course they showed it time and time again i was like oh my goodness billy hamilton like it's a four to one game. It's hanging in the balance. So that guy gets on and they get another yeah. guy on. You might have a rally. He understands the urgency there and he's in the game for that reason. specifically, it's probably the best catch. I mean, actually, I think the Adam Eaton catch in Detroit over the weekend was the best catch of the year, yeah. but that Billy Hamilton catch was pretty st- strong too. So kudos to the man. This is exactly why he's in the game to steal bases late score runs late and play some top-notch defense. You mentioned urgency, and I think that was key. The, the, the team was managed with urgency by Tony La Russa. And on the flip side of the dumb-ass Miguel Sano base running play in that seventh inning, you have the White Sox you know, putting the, the dagger in the heart there in the eighth inning. We'll take a quick timeout, talk about the offense last night, next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Herb and I will be hosting the Locked on White Sox room soon. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation as you listen to us every day. Green Room is the perfect place 
place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with us and may even have a chance to be featured on the Locked on White Sox podcast through our Green Room conversations. So go download the Green Room app now for free. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and sports. I can't wait to join you guys on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Lockdown White Sox squad is ready. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Runs added on late in the ball game. They're the calling card for the really good teams, the elite teams in all of baseball, and that's what the Sox did. The Collins was able to lead off with that double, a huge spot right there. Then Danny Mendick gets him over effortlessly to third base, and then ultimately you don't have to, to sacrifice him because your guy, Adam Eaton. Um, Eaton, nobody like you. I liked him at that moment. Uh, people wanted to DFA him before the game, and they're probably right. <laughs> uh, but he comes through with a big RBI there. And just, you know, they were able to, to tack on after that. You know, Abreu with the sack fly. You know, that, that was a big spot right there where you, the game was, was very much in the balance and you're able to get Liam Hendricks that comfortable lead and you have no doubts really uh, going forward at, at that point. But uh, Which quick, one was your favorite hit? What do you mean, in that inning? Uh, no, uh, out of the three they hit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if you would have heard me uh, last night on the show uh, talking about Zach Collins and, and then his, his uh, butcher mechanics uh, behind the home plate, um, you know, I, it would be hard for me to uh, to give him some kudos today. But that's what we do. That's the beauty of doing five shows a week. A guy can come back and have a really nice night. And, you know, Zach Collins could get in two of the three hits tonight. It's really amazing. Um, you know, I didn't even realize they had the th- only three hits until you pointed it out uh, because they had the four runs across. But, yeah, just uh, an efficient offensive night. Let's put it that way with not one of the better lineups that we've seen all, all year without a doubt. Um, a quick note here about Carlos Rodon that, that I skipped over here. Uh, this per the White Sox, Carlos Rodon has eight plus strikeouts in nine straight starts, and uh, he is tied with uh, one of our guy Bob's favorite guys. Whatever happened to Juan Pizarro and the guys I used to grow up with? Juan Pizarro for the longest streak in club history, dating back August fifth through September tenth of nineteen fifty one. Herb, you were just a wee lad in nineteen fifty one. So uh, an interesting note there about Carlos Rodon and his dominance, but. Yeah, man, just it was a big win, and the the offense tonight. Look, it was not great, but they did get the the big runs late to add on, and uh, they took care of business, man. And it, it was an urgent win, and everyone operated with urgency because of what happened. I have not mentioned uh, the Indians game; they uh, got banged uh, last night because of the storms down in the Florida area. So they're going to play a doubleheader. So you're able to pick up that half game on the tribe. So now you have a six and a half game lead, you know, despite all of it, the injuries and everything else, you can now have a, a nice comfortable lead here and a, a double header versus the Rays later on. Yeah. That, I, yeah. Don't sign me up for that. I'm not interested in that if, uh, if I'm a baseball team, so that's going to be no. tough. You know, you're probably not going to take two of those and you'll be like, and also in Tampa Bay. So it's like really boring. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, man, it's just a, a huge win for the Sox. And uh, any uh, last thoughts here? We'll keep this one uh, relatively short because it was a pretty pretty clean game here not not many things to take away unless you have anything else on your list here no i'm just like the at bat by danny mendick in the eighth inning yes. just 
they asked him to bunt. He failed twice. And he's <laughs> like, okay, let's just hit the ball to the right side of the infield, which I should have been doing in the first place. God damn it. So, yeah. Um, that's a giving up himself for the betterment of the team, seeing Zach Collins led the hitting off with a double. So, and Zach Collins with a hit off of Barrios, Barrios who was awesome tonight. He killed the White Sox, oh, struck I've, him out for 10 strikeouts tonight. And I, I thought it was going to be a rough night after that that first strikeout to Eaton to begin the ball game. Oh, that yeah, was, you, <laughs> yeah, you sent me a text. He's like, oof, this is going to be one of those games. And I tweeted, I, you know, you could see the pitching ninja had it, and I was like, man, if it's going to be like that all night, yeah, they should just cancel this game because of weather, definitely because of weather. So, yeah, I thought it was going to be a long night, but, you know, it, the good ones, you got to get to them early, and they did, and on the flip side, they were not able to get to Rodon. So. And also a great hit off of Alex Colomay. And did you see they have a pitcher called Alex Colomay and then another pitcher called Colum B? <laughs> yes, exactly. They're doing that to troll you or <laughs> yes, tip their caps to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so great. It's probably pronounced differently. But, yeah, Zach Collins with a great game. Uh, well caught. Didn't let any balls go past him. He did a good job. So we're going to give him credit. And his uh, stat line looks like this. He had three at-bats. One run driven in and two hits. One, two, friends. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> have a beer. Why don't you? Uh, we'll preview the uh, next game here in the series next here on Locked on White Sox. And this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And let me tell you, folks, I'm down 21 pounds now. Thank you to our friends at Built Bar. I don't think I could have done it without them eliminating those bad sugary snacks from my diet and replacing them with the nutritious, delicious Built Bars has been a godsend for me. I just ordered a new 18-pack of German chocolate. They went on sale this weekend, and uh, they may be gone by now, which is why you have to sign up for the email alerts and text alerts so you know when your favorite flavors come back like I did. German chocolate is probably my best flavor, I would say, and now I get to have some. And I even ordered a special cooler. It's a Built Bar cooler that they were offering last week with your purchase. Better head to BuiltBar.com now and see if they're still there. But I took some on the road with me to Pittsburgh, and they were kept nice and cool in their little Built Bar cooler. They give you these nice little freezer packs to go with it. It's really, really a great thing to have if you're going on the road this summer. Get yourself some Built Bars now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order. That's what I did when I ordered my German chocolate Built Bars. And, you know, if you're looking to lose weight or maintain weight, they're just perfect. When you talk about Built Bars, you talk about how delicious they are, but also they're packed with protein. Your average Built Bar has about 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories with about 4 grams of sugar. Pretty good, right? And I'm telling you, they taste awesome. One of my favorite flavors was back in stock recently, the coconut. I ordered some of those. Herb's favorite flavor, the peanut butter brownie, is a mainstay. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Game three in Minnesota. I do not have a weather forecast, but I can tell you that the big bastard, <laughs> Lance Lynn, makes his return to the bump. Uh, already, uh, you know, man, we're, this week is just flying by here as we get towards the All-Star break. He's going up against Michael Pineda, uh, back from the IL, 3-4 and four with a 3 7 
earn run average. So it's there should be a, a you know a, a nice test. You know, whenever you have Lance Lynn out there, it's always appointment television for me. And uh, I was I love watching him pitch. He's sitting at uh, 99 strikeouts on the year. He is eight and three with a 202 earn run average. So be a nice one to get if you can get it. Oh yeah, uh, I have all the faith in the world in Lance Lynn doing some good things on the mound. Hopefully no Josh Donaldson again. That guy always gives the White Sox troubles no matter what he's doing. Uh, shutting down Max Kepler and Cruz are paramount for him to get and the White Sox to get some runs for Lance Lynn. They didn't get a lot for Carlos Rodon, but I'm expecting Lance Lynn to go out there and shove for at least six innings, maybe three earned, and get the win and shut the weird-ass twins up <laughs> absolutely we'll be back with the recap we'll uh, have it posted midnight the following morning provided the game is still not going on at that point <laughs> we say it every time and we've been good so far we knock on you wood think it's so. gonna be a noon game's gonna be make it until midnight hey, you never know <laughs> it is a day uh, game huh? i mean it is the weird-ass twins yeah they it are. is it is the weirdest twins. They might just like keep it, you know, going. I mean, we played in a deluge tonight, so damn it, we might. It's like, oh, we're just gonna bang this game until we can play it later on tonight. Even though we, the White Sox come back to Minnesota one more time. Absolutely. So we'll break it all down for you, and hopefully, uh, Sox can take the old rubber match in this one. So uh, that's all I got today, Herbie. That is Chris Tannehill. You can follow him on Twitter. It is at Chris Tannehill, me, Ecknerwall23. Real quick, shout and... out to Jason Benetti. Sorry. Shout out to Benetti, yeah. wait, who who uh, mentioned Ed Farmer's road alias, uh, the alias he used to check in at hotel rooms on the road, mentioning that it was indeed Judge Smales. <laughs> that made me that made me smile ear to ear. Like that was, a, that was a great recall by Jason Benetti right there. So just a tip of the cap uh, to Jason and, and Stoney. And, of course, Jason with the great call on that Hamilton catch, by the way. I did love that call. So sorry, I interrupted you. Hey, no problem. Uh, Thursday's no game, so you, we need your help. 312-566-8727. Oh, yeah. 312-566-8727 to leave us a voice message. Or LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. We see them all, guys. We see them all. Thank you for sending them in. We read them all. Not all of them make yeah. the show. We got a couple already, so keep building. Keep building on that. So, for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for checking in on Locked On Socks.